Hello, so glad you could join us. We're starting the show with a frozen snack. And then we're going to be talking about manipulators. Do they even know that they're manipulators? Do bad people know that they're bad? Mark is going to be sharing a song. And then we're going to be going into Paranormal Corner and talking about some people's paranormal experiences. So stick around. And welcome back to Snack a Little, Talk a Little. I'm Mark. And I'm Jenna. And I brought the snack today. Wait till you see what it is. I have had this for a little bit of time. And it's funny because I bust out opening the box and then I'm like, hey, that's pretty good. Then it's like, oh, I got to save it for the show. I got to save it. I got to. Mark said he needed uh, to put something in my freezer and he knows because he's been to enough family gatherings. I'm like, okay. She does not have room in her freezer. Good luck. It it looks like she has five roommates. It's a a Jenga experience. Check this out. I'll even let you pull it out of the box there. Coconut dipped pops. Ooh, with okay, dark now chocolate. Wait. Yeah. Okay, yeah, go ahead, go ahead and oh, grab okay. grab one. Okay, so this okay. is uh, the box mm. says here before you open the package. Yep, it's Chloe's. Yes, Chloe's non dairy coconut dipped pops. Coconut pops dipped in dark chocolate. I listen to you. I uh, see you. I see you too. <laughs> I know that you uh, like coconut. Oh, heck and yeah. dark chocolate, of course. I do. And uh, but, but so it's but coconut look, milk. Let me. Is that why? This it's is what it says. Okay. Coconut dipped pops. Pull it out and take a look at it. I'm pulling it out right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's out. Oh, looky there. It's it's, it's not, like a black cow. It's not chocolate covered. Like you expect. Would, no. Wouldn't you expect uh, the whole thing? Yeah. Yeah, right? you would. And, and but they the, got a little lazy with it, didn't yeah, they? It's, it's <laughs> exactly. Yeah, this is good enough. <laughs> okay, it's, uh, and there, uh, I'll, I'll, there'll be pictures on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Snack a Little. But what cracked me up when I first opened up was like, wait, they didn't finish the job. The, the chocolate, it is literally, as it says on the box, it is dipped. I'm a little so late. It, there it's we not, go. <laughs> it's, not, it's not fully covered in chocolate mm-hmm. it's only like two-thirds covered in chocolate in fact i need to get a i do need to get a picture of this i got a picture of the box it does not illustrate that on the box because i'll be honest with you if i would have saw on the box it wasn't fully dipped well kind of i probably would not have done it i mean it's not as artfully it's like you know wax dripping right, down a candle. right the box and, and i have pictures of the box we'll have those yeah, maybe up online as well but to me it was like wait a minute that thing's not <laughs> Oh, you know what? I can't even get a good focus on this. But anyway, so what do you think? Tasting it. This oh, it's is a good. non-dairy. Well, first of all, the dark chocolate is very prevalent when you bite the chocolate and I assume coconut milk. I don't taste coconut yet. I'm tasting really? chocolate. Yep. I don't taste cho- uh, coconut. Maybe when I get to the portion where All right. Well, I, I will read no while, while you eat a little more there. Okay. I will read the ingredients, which we also will feature are the calories and ingredients. I took a picture of that side of the box for you. It is non-GMO verified. Gluten free, it's kosher, mm-hmm. uh, kosher parev, p a r e v e. I don't know what that means. It's one. It's two words side by side. Kosher parev. Hey Jews, <laughs> <laughs> let us know. Uh, ingredients. Co- oh, this is interesting. Oh, okay. The coconut pop has separate ingredients than the chocolate coating. They have it listed. Okay. So the coconut pop is coconut cream, mm-hmm. water. Cane sugar, tapioca syrup, natural coconut flavor, coconut, and contains less than 0.5% of sunflower lecithin and locust bean gum. 
Well, of course it now, does. The chocolate coating is cane sugar, coconut oil, cocoa processed with alkali, chocolate liqueur, sunflower lecithin, and natural vanilla flavor. So this is all pretty natural stuff, which is what this is why I got it. I, I, mean, I saw it and I was like, well, let me read the ingredients because I don't, not that I never eat crap, but I try not to. But I thought this is going to be great because I know Jana loves coconut love and it. dark chocolate, as I do too. So, and have you had it already? Or no? I did. Oh, okay. Uh, I think, so do you taste think, coconut? Or? I think four bars came in. But like I said, I've had this for a couple months. <laughs> oh, okay. And let me tell you. Oh, there those, I got some coconut. Those yep. times when I'm... Uh, when I run out of chocolate chips, which does happen sometimes, yes. and I need something sweet late at night, it's been so tempting to get back Breaking into, into these. The, yeah, I <laughs> but hear I you. know, save it for the show. I okay, so I don't like I said, I don't really taste coconut. I just felt some of the coconut shreds between my teeth. I right. think that's what it is. Um, I don't taste it, but as far as I know, I never. I have so far not gotten COVID. As far as I know. I did get the flu, though. It's probably been six or seven years. And I had it so bad that I I, I couldn't get rid of it for quite a while. And I lost all of my t- sense of taste and smell. And it's never fully come back. It comes and it goes. It short circuits. And there are times where I'm like, I'm not really tasting this. In fact, I had you and uh, some of my family over for dinner um, recently and there were some things that, oh, so for example, I made some bread. I couldn't taste it that night. And I'm like, ah, oh, it was better the, the first day I made it, which is true. Fresh bread when it's still warm. And But you were like, oh, yeah, I taste this and I taste that. I'm like, I'm not tasting anything. Hmm. So my taste buds do short circuit. So I, it could be. I don't be, think they are with this. This is a very light coconut okay, flavor. Okay. Even though even though we know it's coconut, yeah. we know it's all pure. Yeah. Know, what, what I consider pure ingredients. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know without it i don't know <laughs> I, I, I was just gonna say something and then i censored myself <laughs> mm. because when you hold it up and it's only been dipped two-thirds which is the top mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i was going to suggest maybe tasting only the lower part right and i was going to say well wait hold on a second let me lick the bottom <laughs> <laughs> i was wondering well, yeah, what then I explained it anyway, but, uh, you did. I, but I at least you got to there. I got to explain myself in the first Why place is what my thought thinking. process was. I, I don't you. I don't sit here and go, you know what? I want to lick the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought maybe if you just take a bite off the corner of the mm-hmm. bottom of it or something like that, you'll get pure coconut because that chocolate is really good chocolate. Mm-hmm. That's that's uh, smooth chocolate. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's dark. It's chocolatey. Yep. What more could you want? So I just took a. A bite of the corner that is only the coconut ice cream part. I'm afraid if I part. do that, it'll break off. Well, don't you have a plate or your hand you can put underneath or something? I could put it in my... Oh, you know what? It does taste more coconut that way. Okay. You know what? The chocolate actually takes away from the coconut flavoring. Just let it simmer around there in your mouth, the the the, the white part. You know what? <laughs> I can't. I... <laughs> you know how Sorry, some folks. things are better when they're room temperature? Right. Maybe coconut needs to come to town. Well, I, I I think part of this could be the frozen part too, because it does yeah. uh, uh, it does dull the senses of your taste buds a little bit, which is why, which is mm. yeah, that's why. So I, I know I've featured this on the show in the past. Uh, when when I have soda tastings, we just, I don't do I don't put soda in the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I put soda room temperature. 
<laughs> because at Galco's Soda Pop Shop in Los Angeles, the guy that has over 500 independently independent flavors of sodas, you know, a lot of independent brands and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, John is the guy's name who runs it. He's a great guy. And we went in there years ago and he told us, no, no, you have to drink sodas at room temperature so you get the full flavor. Because if you put them on ice, the ice actually dulls some of the senses of your taste buds and you're, well, that's it. So I think that's true of a lot of things. That's why I try to do the same with chocolate, room temperature, uh, milk, you know, when you're doing chocolate and milk, which we do yep. here on the show, room mm-hmm, temperature. Mm-hmm. In fact, on that same vibe, I got to tell you, I've kept my chocolate chips in the refrigerator all these years until the last couple of weeks. In the last couple of weeks, I was like, wait a minute. What am I doing? I, I should have the chocolate in the drawer. Breaking your own because, rules. Because it's not like it's not like it's going to go bad because I eat, you know, a package a week. <laughs> So that's uh, some dedication, and it's great. It's great to have the chocolate uh, already room temperature. The milk isn't because you, obviously you got to keep the milk chilled, or else it'll get, uh, you know, oh. unless you plan ahead of time. What you do? Spill it on yourself? I so I've <laughs> come up with this clever idea because I don't know how I can keep mowing down um, a popsicle. You can't eat a whole popsicle in one sitting. Not this quickly, no, because oh. we got a, we got a show to do. <laughs> And so I happen to have a little bit of milk here, and I'm like, ah, oh, coconut, a little bit of chocolate. I'm mostly down to the coconut part. I'm putting it in my milk. It's going to be coconut milk with a hint of chocolate. Well, I got down to the lower part of the popsicle, and it did fall off into my hand. Oh, well. So it doesn't. It's good the, stuff. It's because it's more because uh, it's not dairy. Right. It's so a little it's, icier, like yep. ice milk. Yep. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. You know what, though? When you have just the coconut part. You get the tastes, coconut. Yeah. That's yeah, really good. All right. Anyway, so there you go. That's a snack that I brought in thinking of Jana when I'm Thank out there searching you. around for I snacks. I do love the coconut. Also, I do want to know. I've pondered this. Okay. Do manipulators know when they're manipulating? So before we get into this... Okay, I was going to say, are you asking or is that like a... uh, I'm going to tell you what I think. Okay, please. Okay. I do, not always, but I Because after all, the show is called What Jana Thinks. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I do tend to see certain aspects in this world in rose-colored glasses. I try to. I want to do that. I want to view people through my rose-colored glasses, even though I'm aware that there are bad people. But I don't believe that most people or a lot of people are bad. I think most people do want to do well and do right. And so, and by the way, I think we all do and are capable of manipulating, but there are people out there that probably do it on the regular. Do you agree? Wait, I was just taking a big gulp of milk. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, with all those statements, no. no you, oh, okay. I think we are inherently bad and it's a constant fight to be good. Oh. Only because as the human animal part of what we are is it's survival of the fittest. So we're always out to out for ourselves, a very selfish existence because that's the animals in nature are doing in general. General. Okay. Except when it comes to mothering and parenting or something like mm-hmm. that. But in general, we're out for ourselves. And I think that as a culture, it's cultural for us to learn to 
get above our animal instincts and be nicer people. And that's why I think it's a constant battle to be nice rather than we are inherently nice and it's a you have to try to be evil. Interesting. Well, this should be interesting because <clears throat> we definitely don't agree there. Right. All right. And that's okay. By the way, folks, it's okay for people to disagree with each other. Isn't that amazing? And still be friends. Ah. <laughs> All right. Can a person be manipulative without knowing it? According to a, 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 an online site called Sober-ish. Absolutely. You don't need to be a master manipulator to be guilty of manipulation. I agree. In fact, most of us have learned behavior that can be classified as manipulative. It's part of human yes. nature to want things our way and to get what we want. When we are manipulative, it can be very harmful to our relationships. It's essential, however, to distinguish between these more subtle manipulation tactics and more conscious efforts to make people to make sorry more conscious efforts people make to get what they want from others. So learned behavior and manipulation. Sometimes we learn behavior growing up that is manipulated without even really realizing it. Exactly. Did you grow up in a household where you were encouraged to speak directly about your feelings? Or did you feel pressure to swallow your true feelings? Maybe it was the opposite and you grew up in a yelling house. Walk it off. The common thread is that many of us did not learn healthy communication styles in our homes. Instead, we learned unhealthy ways of dealing with hurt feelings and unmet needs. Hmm. An example is using passive aggression to get our way. If you learn from your father, for example, to mumble around the house about how nobody ever helps as a way of guilting <laughs> family members into action, you've learned a manipulation tactic. True. Well, yeah, I can I can see that. I don't know why. I mean, guilting people is definitely a right. form of uh, Although it's funny to me because I don't see that as a father thing. I see that more of a mother thing. You know what? I think of myself generally. I think we all have a tendency to manipulate. But I think of myself generally as one who doesn't. But really, isn't it even a form of manipulation if I tell you, do you want to take the rest of this food home when we have a snack on the show? And I'm right. like, I'm going to throw it away if you don't. Right. Is that and, a, that's and a I, form of And I hate to see anything thrown, <laughs> food thrown away. So I'm like, okay, I'll take I it. I am a and manipulator. Now, and now it's become a joke between us it all is. the time. I'll Whenever she says, away. I'll throw it away. No, no, no. I'll take it instead. And I'll eat crappy stuff because I just hate to see food thrown away. But I, but I see it more of when the, the, that example that they use of helping thing, people helping around the house. I, my experience more, it would have been my mom that would have said something like that. Mm -hmm. and, and moms, because usually moms are the ones that traditionally, you know, for people of our age, 26, yeah. that, uh, you know, moms held down the household and the fathers worked traditionally. Right. And I, because my father passed when I was so young, I have no idea. I only have my mom to uh, to right. go by. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying that, that you know, and, and to me, it's also part of it. It may be passive aggressive, but it's, to me, it also falls into sarcasm. You know, be nice if I had someone to help me out here. You know <laughs> yes. what I mean? <laughs> yes, I do. So let's examine another common example. Okay. Children use emotional manipulation all the time. Have you ever come across a child who wants something? They will try a range of tactics like sweet talking, begging, crying, making promises like, I promise I will eat all my vegetables this week. 
As we become adults, it is our responsibility to unlearn these behaviors so that we can communicate in more direct, healthy ways. Isn't that the responsibility of the parent to help a child learn that that's not going to work? Sorry. I think it is. I I did not let my kids get away with that at all. Now, I got to say, I learned that I could do some things like that at home when I was a kid. Okay. But and because of that, I said, I'm, I'm going to teach my kids, you, you're not going to get away with crap like that. My ex-husband uh, still to this day used, says that I knew how to turn on the tears to make him feel bad and guilt him into whatever. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I, if I had a stack of Bibles here, I don't do that. I can't just like turn it on and off, no. but I do cry easily. Yeah, you are very emotional and, and sensitive, and you do cry easily. I so do. I and I don't think it. I don't. I don't. I don't think it's intentional. No, but but I'm trying to think of what I did as a kid to manipulate and what, like what they're talking about. Well, you know, what? I I know exactly what, what I would do. Uh, you know, I, not that I was a troublemaker, but I got in trouble a few times as a kid. Mm-hmm quite often uh but and i'd be put on restriction and my parents and i think i think we may have covered this before my parents say you're on restriction for a month yeah you know you're in your, well i'd mope around the house right i mean i would just walk down the hallway literally shoulders dropped head down <laughs> i'd be out playing hide and go seek that night oh, i mean so you it know, worked depending on what time of the day so it was i could do that now i made sure uh, in my house, I did not do that with my kids. I was, I was like, you know, you know what? When and when I was gonna, when they got in trouble or something, mm-hmm. I said, okay, you go lay on your bed because I'm gonna think of your punishment so that I would never. I didn't want to say you're on restriction for a year. Oh, okay, you can go out tonight. Right. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. I wanted my discipline to be consistent, mm-hmm. so I would have mm-hmm. them go lay down, mm-hmm. and I would think about it. And then I would decide in my head, okay, what's going to be fair here? What's going to be fair? I hope that you had like one of those like really curly mustaches. And when you said that, you'd pull <laughs> it out and it. twist it. <laughs> now I'm going to think about what your punishment is. Maybe you had a monocle too. Oh, I got to tell you, there was one time when I forget which boy it was, but they, they got in trouble. This is, I think we lived in our uh, uh, one bedroom apartment. And uh, I said, you go sit in the corner now. You go sit in the corner till I'm ready for you to come out. Mm-hmm. And I start watching my shows or something like that. I just remember, Dad, can I come out now? I had forgotten. <laughs> the kid was in there for three weeks. I didn't, I didn't know what happened. No, but he was in there way longer than I thought because mm-hmm. I got distracted. And I forgot about it because it was so quiet around. <laughs> Gosh, great parenting. <laughs> well, it says here you don't have to be horrible to be manipulative. I agree. Everyone has the capacity for manipulation and has probably engaged in manipulative behavior at some point. Even though these more subtle manipulative tactics might work in the short term, they invariably backfire. This is because they involve deception and manipulation rather than open and honest communication. I don't agree with that. I don't think that to be manipulative is to necessarily be deceptive. Manip to me, right? It's not the same thing. No, it doesn't have to involve deception. It's manipulation can be done with like charm, and you can be clever, and right. somebody be like, "Oh, I can never tell you." No, I'll show you my boobs if you take out the trash. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 
That's manipulation. And that's right. But and it's and it's completely open and honest and upfront. That's right. And there's no deception. Right. When you use these tactics, people eventually catch on and they'll resent you for it. By calling out the behavior, my goal is to help you notice patterns in your own conduct that can be considered manipulative. So seven ways you're being manipulative without realizing it. Oh, okay. You use suggestions to get what you want. I know. Wait a minute. I know. <laughs> we, we, both, we both looked at each other like, wait, what? What no, do you the, want for dinner? The whole thing for communi- uh, the whole thing I'm about- afraid to say because you might think oh I'm manipulating God. you. Exactly. The whole thing about- I disagree with that one completely. Because well, the whole thing about communication between two people is, is to- Here's how they frame it. Okay. It says, sometimes we avoid communicating our needs with people by giving them false choices. Instead of asking what they want or being honest about what we want, we use suggestions to make it seem like we're considering their needs. In reality, we aren't. My brain hurts. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. You're suggesting what they want, but you actually, I don't know. Well, it could be a thing where, well, they I know they're not going to like this, so I'm going to suggest that because they're not going to like that because <laughs> then, it, then it'll be the choice of what I want to do. Well, here's an example. Okay. Let's say I invite a friend to dinner on Thursday. When Thursday rolls around, I'm tired. Instead of communicating that, I might suggest a quick, convenient place for me to expedite the dinner. I might even hype it up like I picked the place for this dinner because I think my friend will really like it. Of course, that's not why I chose it, but I'll say this to cover my tracks and make my friend feel like I'm excited about the dinner when I'm not. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's, I don't, I don't know if I consider that manipulation. I, I, or necessarily deception. I mean, as long as a friend gets to get together with you and have dinner, what do they care? Yeah. I think you're putting a lot... I think they're putting too much emotion into these thoughts. To me, that's it's it's maybe slightly lying by omission. By instead of just saying, "Listen, I really don't feel like hanging out with you tonight," I don't think that's manipulation by pretending that that's not the truth. And I think that there are times that it's okay to just suck it up and do it anyway, and right. you'll be glad at the end of the day, probably. Okay, you make someone feel indebted to you. This is a standard manipulative tactic used in all sorts of relationships. For example, you might do someone and that's it. No. <laughs> you might do someone a favor and then expect them to do one for you in return. Or you might buy someone a gift and then make them feel guilty if they don't reciprocate. That's yeah. a tough one. That's a tough one because uh, I can see if I help someone a lot. And mm-hmm. and then I was like, "Hey, can you help me with it?" No, no, I can't. I don't I have a thing with the man. And I'm like, I can't. I I don't know. I yeah. When is it my turn? Because because in my nature, uh, based based on my upbringing mm-hmm. and 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 me, I think I've talked before on the show how my one set of grandparents treated my sister like an only child. Uh, there is an equality of attention and and stuff which falls into favors and things like that in my life a competition to try to keep things even yes because my growing up was uneven in in that aspect so i i think i think that i think of it too much because i see other people like you who by the way set a good example for me on a lot of things 
Thank you. That that uh, that it doesn't have to be a game where someone has to win. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm reaching right. out. I'm, I'm going really wide on all of this. I, I, but I what I'm what trying saying, to though. trying to focus in on is that you're okay doing stuff and helping people, or I, you know what? I, I <laughs> I'm not coming off as clear as I really want to. But when I do stuff. I, not that I expected everything, because I certainly have learned over the years that that's not how things are going to be. And sometimes just doing a favor and helping someone out is a good thing because it's helping you out. It makes you feel good. Yes. It certainly makes me feel good to help people out. Mm-hmm. So I, I've i gotten away from keeping a tally sheet in my mind. Mm-hmm. But then there are some situations where there's a lot of things you do for someone and right. they never do anything back or show any yeah. – and it's – the, you know what? I mean, so I feel I, I, I'm picking up what you're throwing down. Okay. There, to me, that goes into the, your boundaries because mm, I don't think there's anything wrong with feeling like, man, I do a lot. And you're happy to do a lot for people that you care about. If they need help, you want to help them. Right. But after a while, yes, if you feel like it's just one-sided in whatever it is, however you're part of that person's life, maybe you're not like, you know, building them a chicken coop or whatever. But yes, after a while, you can you can tell that it is one-sided and and that's when people have to place boundaries because there comes a time when you are going to burn out and right. that's going to destroy your friendship, your relationship with the person. And so that goes into boundaries. I And, and so it's on, different with each, peop- each person and each friend because of personalities are different and all that. And yep. it's a it's a risk reward situation, I guess. Yes. You know, you have to decide whether how long you want to be walked on right. and be like somebody's, you know. And I got to tell you, as a as a as a guy who happens to be a, a pretty handy guy around the house and everything, there are times in my past when I've, you know, been dating, if you will, you know, trying to get into this person's life mm-hmm. and do a bunch of favors, and then but I'm not getting anything in return. Not saying it should be, you know, sexual favors or anything right. like that, but right. it's. It's like I'm putting stuff out there. But if you want to, and they ladies. Are, they, <laughs> and they're not they're not picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah. You know, and I'm just like going, Oh, well, how much how much more putting down am I gonna do yep. before they start picking it up? And when do when do you realize that is the point? Of, well, and of, if you're no, mostly interested you in somebody for a relationship and it's not going anywhere, yeah. I mean, I would say that makes sense. You might still want to be their friend, but how much time do you want to spend doing everything right. for them? They go into a different category of outside the circle. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I got to say, with the, I get them making somebody, you make someone feel indebted to you. I actually, I have been told that I do that because I can be a nice person right. and, I, and people tend to feel bad because they're like, I could never... I'm not going to be able to do whatever it is, all the things, or be as. Gosh, I feel I'm. It's. I feel like I'm patting myself on the back here. I'm not trying to do that. Right. I'm just trying to say that I have been told before that yes, I make people feel guilty because they're like, I'm not you, and I don't expect that though. That's the thing. Right. I don't do things because I'm expecting. Okay, what'd you do? What'd you do for me? What'd you bring in? Bring it. Right. All right. I, I, I agree. And and that and like you said, that's one of the things I'm I'm learning from you. And it's tough for someone like me that, that like you said, I keep a tally. Yeah. Uh, but I try not to look at it. 
in my okay. this is all in, happening in my head because it's like no Gotta and, let it and go, by the way let me just let, let me just say this is not has nothing to do with you and I and our personal relationship right. and the things I do for you because yeah. I you and and your family yes. have done so much for me we're family by by bringing me into the family yep. that I still feel like I can't do enough for your family well. So that's how the tally's well, going. I'll start in. making a list for you. That's how the tally's going in my head. Okay, see, now I'm feeling like I am a manipulator that's because right. here's number three. Okay. You say you'll do everything yourself. <laughs> Suppose you're constantly taking on more than you can handle. In that case, you may be doing it to cast yourself as a martyr to make others feel guilty. I'm not. You are. I'm not. I'm going to point out this is this is you. Rather than play the martyr not, role, be honest with it. others. I'm not. I'm not saying that you do it to manipulate. Yep. But you do it. If you want people to help you do something, ask them. Even if it goes back to 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 me when we've talked about this on the show, that I the, a regret that I have in my marriage is when ex Mister Wonderful used to be actually used to be in the office playing on the computer and would hear me back with the groceries and would always ask, do you need help, boo? No, it's fine. I'm, I'm fine. Because I didn't need help. I could go back. And, but as soon as he heard me go back outside to get another load, he'd be like, <laughs> and I'm like, you asked me if I needed help and I don't. I'm th and I always, and I, pardon me, you guys, because I know a lot of you heard this before. But for those of you who are new, I always just thought, I mean, if you want to help, just get up and help. But don't get mad if I tell you I don't need help. So this is a good example. I can example. agree with you on that one. This is a good example of that because, I mean, yes, I can do everything myself. I'm not going to ask you. But now I wish that I had. I wish that if that made him feel like it was some small manly thing, just I should have just said, you know what? I wouldn't mind the help. We did the same stupid dance over and over again every yeah. time. And on my know, side, though, I was like, then get up and help. I, I don't know if that's man manipulative, manipulative on his part as well. I've taken the opportunity to I don't know. generate conflict where there really shouldn't be. Well, I mean, it never got into conflict but, because he would come and help me. But he'd always say, why don't you just say yes? And I'm like, right. well, you, you, you asked me wrong, I guess. Because I, you know, if you ask me, do you need help? No, I don't. Well, I don't need but, help. okay. So you, you and me both have yes. have the issue of uh, we will help other people, but we don't like to ask for help. Yes. Right. You don't yes. like to ask for no. help. No. No. And I'm the same way. Yeah. Believe me, there's sometimes when I'm some of the things I do that I'm going, God dang it! Why? Why do I not ask anyone to help me? Yeah. Why do I not? I have family and friends that would help me. You know, I I think I think I just look. <laughs> the answer just came to my head. There's part of me that's afraid that if I ask them, they won't. I will. And then if they don't, hold my hand. My, <laughs> I don't do that. I'm holding your hand. If yes. they don't, yeah. My hand's warmer than yours. Your hand is warmer than Thank mine. You. I know. That's, so is my heart, <laughs> ladies. <laughs> but but I'm afraid that if if I don't, if I ask them, hey, can you help me? And then they don't. Then all that niceness that I'm trying to do goes away. You'll never and the, ask again. And the, no, the chalkboard in my head comes out with all the tick marks of thinking. Look at all this time I helped them. Get a dog, I asked them once, where and they're not going to reindeer <laughs> antlers on its head and make it carry you in a sleigh. <laughs> He's going to be the Grinch so, exactly. in Whoville. 
Exactly. And that's the thing. It's like, I guess maybe I don't want to ask people because I'm afraid if they say no, then I'm going to get pissed off because I'm going to think of all the things that I've done for them. You got to ask the right, right people. I don't know. And you got to offer them the right stuff back because everybody wants a reward. (laughs) I know you and I both have that issue of we will help other people and we don't ask for help. In fact, I've had to insist on some of the little repairs. I mean, look, there's been some repairs at your house that that you've asked and, 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 you know, we've we've got stuff done. But in others, uh, like I just want to say the corner cabinet thing, it has been falling apart. By the way, I still open that like... Because you're because afraid it's going to fall apart. Because I'm afraid it's going to fall apart. I'm like, I'm not used to it But working. I fixed it, right? Has it, yes. has it fallen apart? Not at all. And it, it was, it was it's one of those corner cabinet doors. It, it came the off. The Lazy Susan topping two, two floors, <laughs> two shelves. <laughs> shelves in there, yeah. yeah. And it's been falling off for years and years and years. And I was like, I can fix that. But see, I'm over here for dinners, family dinners, and uh, I don't have my tools with me. Yeah. Anyway, so. And I mean, you know, when you're in the middle of like, you know, family food or right. games or whatever. Anyway, so I finally, I finally fixed it. It's awesome. I insisted on that. She didn't ask me to because I was like, let me, I got my tools. I think I stopped by or we had a dinner at the end of one of my work days when I had all my tools with me or whatever it was. Well, I will say part of it with things that I don't ask for help with is because there are a few things at hand or, or, or it makes it, there's more than one reason. Part of it is just stubbornness. Part of it yeah, is... I, I agree with that on, on my case. I'm, I'm capable. I know that there's anything I want to do bad enough. I can figure it out. There are some things I, I know nothing about. and It would be nice to have like somebody show me right. so I can do a good job. Um, but also, I guess, just laziness and maybe also a little bit of intimidation. It's like, okay, I could watch this thing on YouTube again and again and again, but it's like, eh, but it's different when you're trying it. So yeah, there are still things where I'm like, and maybe some sass, because yes, the, the, at some point, if I don't get it right away, if it doesn't come to me easily, I'm just like, damn it, I'm done with it. <laughs> and then I just close the never, door, never to go into that room again. <laughs> so there are different reasons. But a lot of it is it's just like, you can do this. You, eventually, you'll do it because you come on, you're not an idiot. So well, and then there's part of me that's it's like, I, I can figure out a way. I can figure out a way, although I got to say, I was repairing a fence uh, over at your sister's house, actually, mm-hmm. uh, just yesterday, and it was chain link fence, and you have to stretch chain link fence in order to get the hooks around right. and the things, and yep. I was stretched, I could not, I could stretch it, I had my my uh, uh, oh, straps and hooks and everything, it. and I, <laughs> I was able to stretch it, but because I had to put the full force of my weight to pull it and foot against the pole, anyway, I couldn't reach forward enough i can't i couldn't do both i couldn't Uh stretch it Uh and reach forward to put the bolt through to catch it so fortunately uh your niece kara was home i went and knocked on the door and said i need someone to come out i'm proud of you and she helped out and and, uh, i couldn't i could not and i thanked her profusely i could not have done it with that i was like the the way everything was situated i did not have the tools to tie a longer strap on to pull the thing and anyway mm-hmm. it was just it was not gonna I, I couldn't do it alone and oh. it was frustrating at first but then i thought uh, there's at least not gonna get done there's a chance there's a few yep. kids in this house that can right. come out and put I, i'm glad that help you did out. that so anyway so i can you know I, whew, that was a lot i had to i had to admit that i had to ask oh, for help <laughs> i don't think either one of us do this you make promises you can't or won't keep 
On the contrary, we I think not. that we wouldn't make promises unless we know we can do the thing. Right. I know right. that about you. And I say a lot of maybes. I, I get, I mean, I get people that text me, hey, can you do this or, or not? Can you, it's it's like, you know, something's coming up and you know, are you, are you interested in going? And I, I say maybe, cause I don't yeah. know at that point right. yet. Right. So we'll see if I get a better offer. That's right. Mr. <laughs> Noncommittal. Ladies. <laughs> so if you make promises to, pe- to people in exchange for something you want them to do for you, but don't follow through on your promises, you are being manipulative. Ugh, you're being terrible. You give people the silent treatment. Uh. <laughs> uh. Is this hitting home? <laughs> well, I, God love Georgia Abernathy, my mother. Growing up, other than the banged cupboard doors, it was very silent. She was not a yeller. Hmm. She's still not a yeller. Well, but we, I mean, as an adult, we don't argue, but... As little kids, when mom was mad, you knew because it was quiet, except for the slamming of a door, the slamming of a drawer. <laughs> so it was silent. Otherwise. I don't remember anything like that in my house. Uh, not, nothing, no silent treatment thing yeah. or anything like that. And it was I, not a skill that I learned. <laughs> trying to decide if I still do that. I might do that a little bit. It's been a while. I've been um, divorced for a, little, for a minute. And so I'm trying to... <laughs> I, I might do that a little bit too. Uh, you always blow things out of proportion. Intentionally using inflated language to express what you're going through to others is a form of manipulation. If you're out sick from work and a coworker calls to check on you, do you make your illness sound worse than it is to elicit <laughs> a stronger a sympathetic response? No, no. That now is manipulation. But we've, okay, I think we've covered this on the show before. Uh <laughs> You know, you can you can be sick, and I mean, truly be right. sick, totally sick, yeah, and not necessarily sound sick. But when you're calling into work, you feel like you gotta like, sound. I gotta, sick. I gotta hype so they, it up a little bit because gotta... otherwise they're gonna say you sound fine. Come yeah. on in. No, I didn't. You should see. You know, come on over here and stand right. by the toilet. I was gonna next say, time I gotta... I'm sitting on the toilet calling you because I don't dare step two inches away from it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I ain't coming in. Damn it. it! I mean, I guess it is a form of manipulation, but it's honest manipulation well and and the thing is is the other the other part of it is use exaggerated language and all that i'm thinking i i do that all the time i, I guess technically it's manipulation because i'm trying to evoke a better story you know instead of saying you know yeah uh the neighbor two doors down the i can still hear the rooster every night and, it, and all day and it doesn't do anything right well, what kind of story is that and then i'm trying to sleep and this rooster's going <laughs> Five thirty in the morning, and I don't wake up till seven. I mean, come on. There's a big difference between that. It's not. I feel I, like I'm, I'm sitting next to Regis right now. <laughs> I'm out of control. Uh, <laughs> so huh. I, I don't know. I I don't know what where you draw the line because you certainly want to have good stories yeah. to tell, and, and yeah. because you're using manipulative language. What I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Next one. Is there I next one? How many more do we manipulators. have? We're manipulators. <laughs> Maybe so. And we just don't realize it. <laughs> uh-huh. <clears throat> you tell white lies and exaggerate. If you have a habit of exaggerating the truth or telling little white lies, that is a form of manipulation. Oh, I... Is an exaggeration to tell someone you have to help your mom move all day when you're really just picking up a bicycle for her and taking it to the house? That's not manipulation. That's a lie. Come on. L- manipulation hmm. is not necessarily a lie 
Manipulation is more about, to me, manipulation is getting people to feel a certain way, getting people to do a certain thing. Uh, that to me, that's manipulation. It's it's pr provoking or or encouraging or motivating someone to dot dot dot. I agree. Okay. Yeah, I think I think it's article they're trying to make everything manipulation. I think they're going yeah. a little too far. Okay, and says, so then, says the master manipulator. I know. <laughs> okay, and so then just finally, somebody asked the question of a site called Brainly. Okay. Does a bad person know when they're bad? And I liked the answer. Okay. What, what is the answer? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Master manipulator. <laughs> uh, Does a bad person know when they're bad? Well, according to this person, and they, it's, it's anonymous, they said there are two types of evil in this world. Those who commit evil for personal gain and those who commit evil on ideological grounds. In the case of the latter, I'd say very few, if any of them, ever see what they're doing as evil, as that's what separates them from the former. People who commit evil for personal gain may know what they're doing as evil and simply not care. I'd say historically, Hitler would fall into the latter category, and moving into the realms of fiction, Emperor, Palpatine, Star Wars, blah, 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 would be the former. <laughs> And so I think, and you know, there's so much in this world that isn't just black, white. It isn't just this, that. But yeah, I think that there are probably plenty of people who, no, not plenty. There are people who do things that other people see as evil. Right. That's a whole nother conversation right. altogether. And then that just comes down to your fundament, fundamental differences. Well, and yeah, I mean, it, it's look. There, look. We, I'm a meat eater. There's plenty of vegetarians that are vegetarians, not for dietary reasons per se, but because they love animals that much. Right. That think I'm evil for eating That's true. meat. That's true. You know, and so it's a there's a perception of what evil is, but the the question was, do do they know? Do evil? Oh, it's not evil. Manipulators know they're manipulating, right? Yes. So. I don't know. I, I think, or do bad people know that they're bad? Yes. Is what it is. I'm sorry. Both. Uh, it's both. I think there are sometimes you can be, in, and of course this word has been banned, so I'll use the uh, Boston version of it. There's some person, people that can be retatted and they, uh, and they don't know. They don't understand mm -hmm. that they're, what they're doing is bad. You know, whether it's an, an act, direct action or, or a manipulation, if you will, as uh, we're talking about. But, uh, and other, then same thing. It's it's perception. You know, I'm sitting there eating bacon all the time. That I don't think that's bad at all. But there are plenty of people that do think mm -hmm. it's bad. Mm -hmm. So I I don't know. It's it's obviously murder is something that if you murder someone, well, you know, how could I don't know how you could not think that's bad, right? Unless you're doing it in self defense. I mean, you, although you still might think it's bad. Again, right. getting back to our animal instincts, our mm -hmm. base animal mm -hmm. instincts, it's survival of the fittest. If it comes down to it, it's either going to be me or you. One of us is going down. If you're, and right. I, I, honestly, I feel this way as an adult walking around in in how dangerous things have got here in Southern California. You always have to yes. have your head on oh, a swivel. Yeah. Yep, yep. Got to be alert. But I'm also I'm ready to throw down. I'm ready to protect my life. And if it means taking someone else's life, I will do it. Mm -hmm. So, am I going to 
do I know that's bad? Well, in that in a case like that, it wouldn't be bad for me because I agree. I would rather live than die. Yeah. So it's uh this this could be <laughs> it's a lot to take it in. It is. It is. Nothing nothing is black and white. So what do you guys think? Let us know on Facebook, Instagram, or on Twitter. Let's knock a little. Or call in our dedicated listener line at 909-572-0278. Let us know what you think about these two subjects and uh, give us some feedback. And maybe we'll feature some of your responses on an upcoming show. Heck yeah. All right. So moving on to our next next subject, mm-hmm. I actually have a song that I want to play for you. Okay. And uh, this, this refers back to a subject that's come up a couple times on here. And this is a was a novelty song from the 60s, but this is a modern version of it. I have not yet heard this, but we'll get around to why I'm bringing up the song and everything. I'm going to actually go backwards. This is a, I'm not sure, uh, this is a, at least within the last 15 years, this, this version of it. And then we'll go back to the original version, which is which was what I reason I brought it up. Okay. okay. So here we go. This is a this is a song. Let's see. This is. Ringo, I love you. like a medley of their hits. It seems like a kind of a crappy recording. It does. Like a really bad microphone. Yeah, that's not, that's not us. That's, that's yeah, off the... Just uh, distorted. So this song is Ringo, I Love You. Uh-huh. Written about Ringo Starr. I assume. <laughs> Obviously, it's got Beatle-ish riffs for sure yeah now this is a group this is a group called stereo total and this is just a some electro pop group Uh of the 90s i think that Mm. uh, did it so this is it's not about the group it was about the song on that one Mm -hmm. so uh so that was a newer version of it that was a novelty song called ringo i love you this is the original version, and I want you to tell me who sings it. Okay. All right. All right. from 1964. Uh, and I should know this. I should know who this band is. You definitely will know. I'll help you out. You'll definitely know the singer. Oh. Huh. I would say our whole audience would know the singer. 
I'm. <laughs> See, as we've mentioned before, we have to fill the space in so that the you know so that we don't right, so play the, the right. We can't play the whole song I clean. Can't, like listen to the voice either. Right. So we have to talk over the song so we don't get in trouble. But talking over the song means Jana cannot hear the song directly. Oh my heck. Yeah, so I feel like I'm gonna be like of course I is when you tell me who. See this is Here's the thing. The voice is very familiar. Right. But because this is so Beatles-esque. Right. I'm also like, ah, it's... Go ahead, just tell me. I'm going to be mad. I'm going to... Well, let me let me get over to my information page on this. Oh, let's see. <clears throat> the singer's last name... What does it start with? <laughs> <laughs> is Sarkeesian. Oh, see, and I feel like I should even know that. <laughs> Sarkeesian. So then the, are they known with just one name? Well, her last name. It's a she? Yeah. Oh, that was the other thing I was going to ask. Did you know if it was what? a guy or a girl? That was a woman? <laughs> what? Uh, All right. Well, let, let's do it again now that you know it's a woman. A woman? Her last name... Also was LaPierre. That's a woman. Yep. Who's a woman with a deep, smoky kind of voice? That's not a woman. Now, officially... <laughs> This is released under the pseudonym Bonnie Joe Mason. Because Phil Spector, who produced this song, wanted American sounding names. So he didn't like the last name of Sarkeesian or LaPierre. I can't say the person's first name because that's going to give You're it away. You're not going to tell me Dusty Springfield. No. Okay. Uh, you know what? I mean, I'm thinking of dark, dark deep-voiced women, and this would be too early for uh, what's-her-name from Jefferson Starship. Let's see if you can turn back time and think back to when that was. A year after I was born? If I was born back then? <laughs> if you could just turn back time. Oh! That's Cher? What the <laughs> hell? That's... Oh my goodness. What? See, there you were not picking up what I was laying down. That, I, <laughs> Isn't that amazing? That's through all the little things that I found on the at internet. All that sound about that that sounds like the share that we know. It's uh well, oh. it does to me one, the ones I knew, but it was uh, producer <gasps> Phil Spector wanted American names for his singers, and Sherilyn Lapierre Sarkeesian was not sufficiently American for him. Uh huh. Uh huh. And it uh, single failed to chart nationally and did not pick up much local radio play, although it was a minor hit in Buffalo, New York. So it was one of these like regional things. And she 
was uh, it, it suggested that many radio stations would not consider playing the record because they thought Cher's extremely low vocals were a man's vocals. I would have believed that was Sonny Bono before I, I would believe that. Although the artist's Cher. female moniker and the fact the singer explicitly ad- identifies herself as a girl in the song makes that story well, open true, to question, but, though. But still. Therefore, no, this is some people I'm... believed it was a male homosexual singing a love song <laughs> as a dedication huh. to Beatles drummer Ringo Starr. Uh, the track does not have, this is from Wikipedia, says, the track does not have Spectre's usual wall of sound production techniques, instead featuring more of a crudely arranged beat group sound. Spectre, if he did indeed produce the track, took no producer credit, and the record did not appear on Phil's record, Phil's record, Spectre's usual label. Hmm. So there you go. That's a novelty uh, Beatles song that Cher was just starting out. I mean, she, this is before she was Sonny and Cher and stuff. It was just a And this a, a is with thing. headphones on. So, I mean, right. this is like, you know, great hearing it right. sound. But, huh. Pretty weird, huh? I... You weren't expecting that. I... <laughs> not at all. No one expects a, a Ringo Starr love song. <laughs> From Cher, who is sounding more like I, I don't, Paul McCartney or whatever. <laughs> all righty. These are some terrifying ghost stories. People wrote into Quora and they answered the question, what's a truly terrifying ghost story All that right. you've I'm experienced? Ready. I'm ready for some, after, after listening to that, I'm ready for some <laughs> terrifying ghost stories. My cousin's car was in the shop. So she was leaving out in the dark around 5.30 a.m. to catch two buses to work. One night she woke up and an old man was standing by her bed and told her, don't go to work. He said there are two evil people out there that have been watching her, you, her, and if she left the house, she wouldn't be coming back. He told her he didn't want anything to happen to her. She called me and she said she was so scared she couldn't even scream. I told her maybe she was dreaming. A few hours later, when she got up to get ready for work, she looked outside while it was dark and she noticed by the streetlight there was a man. She went to a side window and peeking out from the street was another person, or from from behind a tree was another person. She was so scared she called out. We moved her out the next day, and there standing down the street looking casual was a man and a woman that would probably have taken her life. I think I feel like they're missing some some part yeah, of the story there because yeah. it's like what they were still there by the tree when they came over eventually. Right? So were I, they there all know. the time? Were I they? Don't know. Did they have horns sticking out of their heads? And <laughs> one guy had a cloak and a scythe. I, maybe right. <laughs> when I was five years old, I lived in an apartment complex, two floors. Downstairs were the bedrooms and a bathroom. There was a boy around eight to ten years old that lived a couple of apartments down. His mom worked a lot, and he went to his dad and his girlfriends every other weekend. Uh, His and my brother were friends. One night, we had a sleepover upstairs. My mom and dad, brother and I watched a movie, and my brother and I slept on pallets. It says in the floor, but I'm hoping they meant on the floor. (laughs) Mine was facing the long hall where the staircase was. I found out later in life... This was because our downstairs would flood sometimes. Anyway, that night I fell asleep with a thin sheer blanket on and it was over my head, but I could see through it. I woke to someone saying my name really fast and when I opened my eyes, there was something standing over me, bent down, looking at me. It looked kind of human except its color was just a little bit off and it had no eyes, just black sockets. 
It also had no clothes on. I was frozen, terrified. It stared at me a bit and then got up and walked into the hall and stopped at the stairs. It turned around and looked at me and nodded its head and walked down the stairs. I'm assuming because I dang sure didn't follow it. I got on the couch with my mom. Mom, I learned later that a little boy had lived two apartments down, went into the downstairs bedroom and unalived himself around the same time this happened. When I saw, uh, what I saw wasn't Joshua, but I think it was somehow related. I still remember it vividly to this day, and I'm 33 now. Wow. That would be weird to see, something uh, yes. like that, and then find out the kid committed yes. suicide. Unalived. Oh. This is a strange story, but I assure you every single word is the truth, as I heard it from my paternal grandparents. My father's family comes from all over the Middle East, including places like Azerbaijan. They settled in Alexandria, Egypt, sometime in the early 20th century. My grandfather was an electrician by trade, and he also did some construction. My grandmother had hopes of being an actress, but it never panned out for her. They had six sons, my father being the oldest. I think my grandma was hoping for, for trying for a girl, and it just never happened. She always had another boy. The story takes place in the late 1940s. My grandparents lived in an old Italian villa in Alexandria. They bought the villa when they got married, but didn't move in till my grandmother was pregnant with her first child. They moved in only a month before the baby was due. The villa was old and it had two stories. They hadn't furnished it completely yet, but they had enough furniture to be able to live comfortably, including a crib and other baby essentials. My grandparents had just had their first child, my father. He was only a few days old when this story took place. It was late night and my grandmother was alone in the villa. She and her new baby were in the bedroom. She had nursed the baby and he fell asleep. My grandfather was not home. He had an appointment or something that night. It was not too late, maybe around 10 in the evening. <laughs> what appointment does somebody have at 10 in the evening? Just, just saying. My grandma was tired, but she was waiting for my grandfather to come home. She was half asleep in bed with the lights dimmed. My grandmother closed her eyes for a few minutes, but she felt like someone was in the room with her. So she opened her eyes and she said that she saw a woman with blonde hair wearing a black dress. The woman was sitting on one of the chairs in the bedroom. My grandma said that the woman was just sitting there staring at her. My grandma said that she knew that the woman wasn't a human being. She was almost transparent, but not totally. My grandma thought she might be dreaming, but she also knew that she wasn't. I hope that makes sense. After a few minutes, my grandma heard my grandfather at the door. He'd forgotten his keys, and he called out to my grandmother to unlock the door for him. My grandma got up from her bed and passed by the blonde woman who was still sitting in the chair. She said that the woman turned her head to watch my grandma pick up the baby. She wasn't going to leave him in the crib with this woman right. in the room and right. walk out of the bedroom. My grandmother opened the door for my grandfather, who was very tired as he'd had a long day. She told him what she saw in the bedroom, and he told her that she must have been dreaming, or maybe she's tired. After all, she'd given birth about five or six days before, and she was still getting used to having a newborn. My grandma got upset and told him that she wasn't dreaming, and she was sure of what she saw. They argued, and my grandmother decided, grandfather decided to go upstairs to sleep in another room. My grandmother went back to the bedroom, and the woman was gone. She put the baby back in the crib, and she went back to bed and went to sleep. Meanwhile, my grandfather was in one of the other bedrooms in the villa. 
The bedroom wasn't furnished yet, but there was a big couch there. He got some blankets and a pillow and went to sleep on the couch. The lights were off in the room as he tried to fall asleep. He was tired and he couldn't fall asleep, but he couldn't fall asleep. He kept his eyes closed, but then he felt a presence in the room. He thought it be, might be my grandmother coming to grovel and apologize and give him a... <laughs> I'm, I'm such a storyteller. <laughs> he just thought it might be the grandmother wanting to wake him up uh, before going to sleep, make up with him before going to sleep. My grandfather opened his eyes and he saw the blonde woman that my grand grandmother told him about. The woman was standing next to where he was laying on the couch wow. staring at him. He said that he didn't think. He just got up quickly and ran out of the room. He said that he doesn't know if he went through her or what. He just ran out and went downstairs to tell my grandma about what he saw. My grandparents said they experienced a lot of paranormal things in that villa. They lived in it for years and eventually sold it when their kids got older. My father also saw things in that place, as did his brothers. My grandparents continued to see the blonde woman throughout the years. Wow. My grandparents said that there was a murder in the villa many years before they bought it. They had no idea about it when they moved in. In Egypt, a real estate rep isn't required to tell potential buyers about things like that. They always said that the villa was beautiful, but weird things always happened in it. There are many more paranormal stories <laughs> that I've heard about from my father's and my uncle's and grandparents in the villa. Well, at... That is creepy that it finally happened to him. But then, then it happened over and over, and they were, still stayed there. I, well, you know what? I mean, I've been here for a while, and I've had things. And I'm just uh, got to say that she just laid there and noticed the woman looking at her. And I don't know what she was going to do until he right. came to the door. But he ran out. He ran, got up and ran out. I would have, too. I, I would have. He said I didn't. When, when the story said he said he didn't know whether he went through her. Right. I know what would have been going through me <laughs> at that point. I would have to change my shorts. But I got to say, Alexandria is is a city built on a city. So oh, I imagine there's so, a lot of ghosts yeah. and stuff like that. Because some... I've, I've been to Alexandria, and it is quite a uh, dense population mm -hmm. right there on the Mediterranean. But it is, you know, the ancient city of Alexandria built on top of, I mean, the modern city is built on top of the ancient city. So there could be a whole bunch of ghosts that have nothing to do with the murder. But Interesting to me, too, actually, that it was a blonde woman, just right. because I think of, you know, certain areas you wouldn't right. expect Egypt to hear it area, was a blonde mostly, woman. Yeah. 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 Wow. Well, we'd like to know about your ghostly stories, too, you guys. Come on, cough them up. I know you got them. There's <laughs> <Here's> one. <laughs> I'll save it for the next show. Once again, remember, you can go to Facebook, you can go to Instagram, and you can go to Twitter. At Snack a Little. And, of course, you can call us on the dedicated listener line, and the number is 909-572-0278. So what you got? Give us a call. Have you ever had one of these non-dairy coconut dipped I got to say, I had some milk here. I put the rest of it, which was mostly coconut, right and it's it. melted down into the milk, and it's almost like a slushy now, and it's pretty dang good. <laughs> this is the way to do that. That way you don't have to worry about the stick. And do you? did you guys already, did you know that was shared? Do you hear it? I'm not hearing it. I'm going to have to play that again later. I, and yeah, like I heard it right after I knew who it was. Then I was like, okay, I totally hear Cher in there. I don't hear it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Come on back for more of that. <laughs>